Blog Talk Radio. Aloha and welcome to Talking Pictures. I'm sorry, I got to switch my headphones. Apologize, put them on backwards. Um, it is episode five for CineQuest. For you CineQuest fans and people that have been enjoying the reviews and interviews, we, you know, I don't like to let the cat out of the bag, but we might actually have like five or six more CineQuest episodes. So as I've been saying on social media, and I don't condone why I don't remember certain rock shows, but CineQuest is like this big rock and roll concert, except you remember what happened. So I wanted to give kudos to them, and I always will. Uh, Cool filmmakers, Um, such a diverse program. We're going to be having... You know what? I don't want to tell you who we're going to be having because I want you to tune in. We are also celebrating today uh, episode 176. Uh, next week, Monday and Tuesday, will be a small break from CineQuest. Has, we'll have on the wonderful Stephen David Brooks. And on Tuesday, we'll be getting into a blues fest. So uh, like I was saying, it's uh, go with the flow and it's all good. Now, today's film is titled Remembrance. And we're going to be joined by the director, and I'll introduce her in a moment. And we're going to be directed Mm -hmm. by her father, who was, uh, you know, so many people at these things that I feel so bad when I forget minor details. Um, He was a cinematographer, editor, and um, so it's great because this is a new for the show. We've never gotten to do um, a father daughter and, or a mother daughter or mother son or anything. So this is really, really cool. So in a moment, I will introduce the director. We're here for a film titled remembrance. And I reviewed it last week with, I think I reviewed it with Jason Cartley and subculture. And I know he's been up there, uh, tearing up the scene, the social media guru that he is. Um, I love that guy. It's always a hoot to see him. Uh, so today we are joined by, Hello? let's see, first. Hello? Uh, yeah, you there? Is that Troy? Yeah. Hey, Paul. How's it going? It's going fantastic. I'm on air. And Madison, I can see you're with us. Yes, I am. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining me today. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> first, of, first of all, the most important thing, how is your day going? Great. Today's a beautiful, great. sunny I, day. I just, <laughs> yeah, I, I just shot uh, some real super slow motion, high-speed volleyball footage for a fundraiser, so uh, I'm psyched. Excellent. You know, there's no better mood than psyched, so I'm happy to hear that, Troy. Um, I just had mentioned, of course, you guys had this film, and Troy, you had told me you uh, you were the cinematographer and you edited it, correct? Correct. Okay. So there's a brief synopsis here, and one of the things that we do here is I cannot stand when talk show hosts uh, act like they know more about what the film's about than the guests. So we seldom read the synopsis. We like to let the filmmakers um, discuss it, and I was just discussing that with Madison Um, But we reviewed this film, of course. Please, everyone, check it in the archives. 
this was one of those shorts that kind of uh, we're blessed here when I say good and bad shorts. We're even blessed to see bad shorts because it's a blessing to even finish a film. So there's no judgment here. Uh, but this was a short that I thought was really cool. And then when I heard it was from, why don't I let Madison say uh, where she goes to school and some of her background, and then we'll jump into the film. Um, I'm 19 years old, and I am a sophomore at the University of Southern California, um, and I'm a communication major. So a little bit about me. Excellent. And uh, I know you had told me, but was, was this your first short? This was not my first short, but it is the first one that is in a festival. So definitely the biggest short I've ever done. <laughs> oh, congratulations to you. Enjoy this moment. It only happens once. Um, <laughs> yes. <I'm- laughs> yeah, I mean, enjoy the heck out of it. The first film I ever had in a festival. Uh, it's not a great film, but we were just happy. I was just happy to be in a festival. So, um, Troy, yeah, it's why an amazing don't... experience. Oh, and, and CineQuest, I couldn't imagine. I mean, I was, I was, I was just up there for the weekend, and I got to meet Troy. And I, I came home, and I thought I'd been gone like two weeks. It was just, I can't even imagine what it's like to be there the whole time, Troy. It's so awesome that festival. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Um... It is, it is crazy, and we, we're very fortunate to live here in San Jose, and my production studio, Cinetella Productions, is just across the street from the California Theater. We, um, you know, we do have um, a supporting relationship with the you know, downtown San Jose area, and when Hofton asked us to do a promotional film for CineQuest, uh, we, we did that also. So we're, we're a sponsor of CineQuest, and then we also did our first theatrical short. So we were just really like flying. Our, our sponsor film played on premiere night in front of a major, you know, theatrical event, The Last Word, I think it was, um, on opening night. Is that what the name of it was? Yeah, uh, The Last Shirley Word McLean. was Shirley MacLaine. Yeah, that's the And Amanda Seyfried. So our sponsor film played before that. We're getting all kinds of press, and then we just premiered Remembrance last night at Redwood City. And I uh, got to see it on the huge screen. It was great just to look at our actress's face while she saw this, uh, <laughs> while she saw herself. And one of the last scenes, her eyes take up the entire screen, you know, so it was just epic. And Megan, our composer's music, just it really just blew us away. We're, we're super proud and, and humbled to be um, at the festival. And one of the most important parts of the festival is meeting people like you, Paul, and getting mentored and uh, getting uh, your perspectives on, um, you know, the film and other people's work and how to market. And it's just a great learning experience. Oh, well, thank you. I always know it's a big deal to meet me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) I, you know, I was laughing. I'm just going to go off track for one second here. I I knew uh, I had met Troy over Facebook and email, but, you were actually the first person to ever come up to me and say that you recognized me by face. Mm-hmm. And it was very weird because I was like, okay, this is cool. I know this person and I would never let something like that go to my head, but it was the most awkward thing for like five seconds. And then I was like, okay, it's Troy. So, cause I never cool. wanted I'm to, happy to make a memory. I'm happy <laughs> yeah, to make thanks. that memory for you, man. Yeah. But Plus Paul, our photo was nice just guy, so man. perfect. <laughs> 
Awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, congrats on that wonderful premiere. And Madison, um, uh, seeing your film in a multiplex. Um, well, why don't we have you uh, speak a little bit about the film, and then we'll kind of move into the the feelings as a filmmaker. So, what, so you, Madison, go ahead and give us the synopsis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, Remembering is about a young female scientist who uses a breakthrough technology to solve the mystery of her twin sister's disappearance. Um, so it's a dramatic thriller that provides a glimpse into the future where your memories are no longer safe. So that's our a little elevator pitch. <laughs> uh, okay, a little. Yeah. Hey, that's you know the fact that you know that word at 19 is pretty awesome. Um, you know, as I said in the review, I I really dug that it was, um, and again, I, I had told uh, your dad, Troy, that uh, there's never a, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, it's a student film, or they kind of separate students from professionals, but it's like I told your father, like, Martin Scorsese calls himself a student, so um, I had really... <laughs> I like I told you sometimes I don't read the kits because I don't want to bring any of my judgment to it. So I'll I'll watch a screener then I'll go into the kit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I didn't know you were playing in a student shorts block. Um, I took it as someone who, uh, you know, I mean, just from watching so many films, you can tell when a film is a filmmaker that's early in their career. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't I didn't take it as that it was in a student block or I didn't take it as a student film. I mean, uh, Troy, when we get to you, you can speak a little bit more about the tech side of the cinematography and editing, but um, I just thought the story was really cool. And I, I had spoken briefly with your dad that this film had some aspects to it that made me really wonder, how can I put this? How it would be if a guy directed it. So how has a woman did you look at and understand that uh, just like that really uh, aggressive side of the character that wasn't female of of Reese's character of the um, the main girl or no no the Connor? the guy. You you made a film that basically I thought a guy directed. So when it came to the credits, I was really astounded oh. because you had you had stuff in there that was kind of like seemed like the male point of view. So how did you how did you deal with when you had to uh, deal with your male character? Well, I think Connor's character is very he's. I mean, I had to think about his character a lot because I I am not a man, so I can't really see things, or I can try to see things from a male perspective, but um, I knew that for the story it was necessary for me to understand his motives and where he was coming from, so I really had to sit down and think, like, okay, well, how, even though, you know, his character is pretty, um, well, if you watch the film, you're not exactly rooting for him at all, um, so I, I had to get myself I had to get myself in his head and be like, okay, if I were a man in this situation um, and I was coming from where he's coming from, how would I act? And so when I was writing it and having to direct him, 
that was definitely a challenge for me because it came more naturally for me to put myself in the female roles lead and be like, okay, well, yeah, if this, if I was in this situation and this happened to um, my twin sister, how would I react? And so that was a lot easier for me to, to figure out in my head. But um, yeah, I think it was definitely a challenge to see things from the antagonist's perspective, especially since he was a male. So yeah. Maddie, Maddie, you're kind of humble, but let me tell you what she did, Paul, because I just remember this. I, I, I haven't, we haven't told anyone this. She wrote like a one-page essay on Connor and his perspective and shared ah. it with everyone and got their feedback. And that was part of the getting Connor in the mode of how she wanted Connor to come across. Remember that, Maddie? Yeah, I remember sitting down yeah. and thinking yeah. about his backstory and who he was yeah, and where he was coming story. from. Exactly. Who he is, exactly where he's coming from, exactly what he was thinking that morning. Did he make a pass at her ever before or not? All those, Maddie, you did. All of that you didn't watch. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, well, yeah. first of all, I want to say I really respect that, and we're not going to get into what's going on with the world right now, but I appreciate that you did that, and it wasn't just um, – uh, I always say it's the other species when I'm talking about a man or a woman. So I appreciate that you weren't just saying this is how every dude would act. This is how every character would no. be. And so I really, really appreciate that because um, that's a that's kind of a hot button issue right now. So I wanted to take the time to really acknowledge that that's cool. You wrote an essay and thought it out. Um, mm-hmm. Now I wanted to make sure terms- he was as authentic as possible. Um, oh, he was, yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, he was, um, he was authentic and that's what, that's, that was why I was thinking a guy made this because, um, you know, we all have that idiot side, not to the extreme that he's an idiot, but, um, <laughs> just in biology, you know, I, uh, Troy, I told Madison before I went on, like I said, I've never, uh, had a father daughter episode. So, and especially of this, uh, what this film's about. So um, with you, uh, in terms of the cinematographer, what, what, how did this feel to kind of, um, you know, the subject matter and working with it just as a cinematographer, not the subject matter, uh, to stage some of this? And, you know, what kind of tools did you use and camera? And Yeah, it was just, so much fun. I mean, I, this is where my passion is. I just want to take the story and the director's vision and make it come to life with, you know, I, I, I was thinking of cinematography and, and I edited the film too. And I, I really think it's just like painting. So, you know, you get the story and you decide on the subject of the painting. And then, and then the cinematographer with the, the gaffer, and the director figure out how to light it so that you can focus on what it is that you want to, to focus on in each segment or each, you know, of, um, composition. And then what lenses to use, right. To get the look wide, you know, tight, whatever. And then in, um, to some degree in production, but mostly in post, what colors to use to create the mood. And then finally in edit, how to compose it. And this story was so Maddie calls it a chronological where you have time moving forwards, time moving backwards, and then intercutting. It was just a smorgasbord. It was like the ultimate dream for a cinematographer and editor to help tell this story. So much fun. And I, I don't know what we're going to do next, Maddie, but 
whatever it is, it's got to be this much fun because it can't just be straight ahead. <laughs> it's too much fun to we do We got to play with time. <laughs> yeah, or something. You know, we can't repeat the self, the story thing. But um, anyway, yeah. Well, no, I, um, and do you want to give a quick plug to uh, the gear and camera you use? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we used at the time what was Canon's latest cinema camera, and I know, you know, some of the listeners um, are probably like, yeah, we, we do Alexa, yeah, we do Red, but let me tell you, the C300 Mark II, Canon is, to me, just perfect. It's in the Canon family of things, shoots in log profile, which is just beautiful in terms of the nice roll-off and the huge latitude and exposure, and, you know, goes into slow motion enough, uh, you know, high-speed frame rate that we could tell our story the way we wanted to with, you know, some of the elements that I won't give away the story, but you saw the slow motion reverse and stuff, and uh, super low-light sensitivity we shot with almost no light just from the laptop screen on Reese's face, and it's beautiful on the big screen, this is where, you know, technology is going. I know a lot of even more expensive cameras cannot shoot in that low light. And that's a big plus for this camera. So, and it shoots 4K. So, I, you know, I was on the Canon panel at CineQuest talking about it. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of like a little Canon enthusiast. But they don't pay me to say any of this. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's usually how it goes. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure... Uh, I'm sure Madison didn't get a royalty check for mentioning USC today, so. No. <laughs> uh, but that's the way it goes, you know, it's just the biz. Um, Madison, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, because um, I'm always interested, you know, there's a, God, it's so hard to not say this sounding arrogantly. Um, there's always a generation where you know what filmmakers influence them. And I had the blessing that at your age, I would say my influences were films that are probably someone your dad's age or older. Cause I had a grandma who would say to watch films. And so I would go to film school and everybody would be into like Jones and Alexander Payne and David Fincher. And, and I would be into like these old black and white directors. So for this new mm-hmm. generation, who are some of your, if any, uh, directors that you kind of look up to or films that kind of get you up in the morning to do this? Well, I have to say Steven Spielberg is amazing. I love almost like basically every single one of his films. And I, I would like to say I took some inspiration from, from his camera angle and just the way that he tells the stories and how character driven he is. And so, I, I mean, like, just everything that comes from Steven Spielberg, basically. And, um, like, Martin Scorsese, and, uh, I mean, I'm, like, blanking on names, but I feel like I'm not very good with um, the names of different films, but, like, I know that every film I've seen has, like, contributed in some way to the way I want to create films, whether I watch it and I'm like, oh, no, that's not exactly my style, or, wow, that's a great Mm -hmm. idea. Like, I really want to incorporate that, so... Yeah. Well, yeah, that's definitely well, I mean, Spielberg. <laughs> I mean, Spielberg's all right. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I was of the age of like where one of the first films I saw in the movie theater was uh, E.T. and then Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know <laughs> Jedi is Lucas produced and he just controls the hell out of his directors. But um, mm-hmm. 
So I like that you say Scorsese because that's interesting because so many of his films, like you've probably only been of age to see them for like a year. So that really intrigued one me. That, because, one he made, uh, sorry, it was Hugo. That was, I love that one. <laughs> oh, of course. I was going to say Hugo is probably his only, has Troy would chime in, um, is probably his <laughs> only non, like you have to be 25 to see it. Like even buying beer, you're still too young. Um, uh, but no, that's cool. I, I like that. I like to hear that younger people are mentioning him because we're into this. I mean, it is the future, but we're into this online and this streaming. And the same way Martin Scorsese will say, well, so many young filmmakers forget who I looked up to. Uh, Scorsese is a bad example because a hundred years from now, people will be talking about him, but uh, there is those mm-hmm. directors that, you know, 20 years ago, uh, like maybe some of your dad's age, like Peter Bogdanovich, Hal Ashby, uh, those guys mm-hmm. who came up in the seventies with Scorsese um, are now not being paid attention to. And who knows, maybe in 20 years, people won't be talking about Alexander Payne as much or, Jason Reitman. Mm-hmm. So I, I appreciate you saying Scorsese. Um, Troy, on your side, um, other than just jumping in, which every artist should do, do you have any cinematographers that you are particularly keen to? Um, you know, I was thinking about that question. I'm kind of a, so I'm a guitar player. And when I learned guitar, uh, you know, I kind of picked just what hit me and struck me emotionally, right. From the artist. Right. So but it wasn't like a, a wholesale in, like Jimi Hendrix. I don't like, you know, a lot of his stuff, but some of it just gets me. Same way with cinematography. I'm like a best of. Show me the best cinematography for the last five years, and I'm going to like most all of it, and I'm going to hopefully be able to take it and make something new, but what is inspired by what people do. One shots, just, you know, dramatic, uh, shallow depth of field. Um, I love the editing on Whiplash. Blew me away. Oh, brilliant. A boring scene. Brilliant editing. I want to bring that to the appropriate scenes for my directors. You know, so that's the kind of thing I'm into. I don't follow one person and try to emulate one person. Just more of, hey, guys, what can you do with the modern camera technology, and what can I do to take it forward? Well, uh, sorry, a quick plug for the show here. Probably about, well, before CineQuest, if you go back in the archives, we had the cinematographer of Lion um, a couple days before the Oscars. And it's uh, when you're done with CineQuest, Troy, it's about a 25-minute episode. He had some great things to say that are similar to what you just said. And mm-hmm. he actually shot Rogue One. Um, and we didn't talk about that because we were, the episode was for Lion. But... Um, that would be, I think that would be an interesting thing for you to take a listen to. Um, so you know what, Paul? I actually saw that already in your feed, and it's on my must-see list already before oh, you even mention it. thank you. Thank yeah. you, yeah. And he was so humble. He was so gracious. And he was, he, he's an Aussie, so I knew he was going to be cool the second he got on the phone. Um, <laughs> cool. Uh, Madison is there. Let's see. Let me just scroll through the kit here. So, oh, I know. Uh, you guys mentioned your premiere. How many more showings do you have? We have two more, one on Friday and one on Saturday, both in Redwood City. Oh, okay. These are per- that's a perfect Friday, Saturday night film. So why don't you go ahead and plug those? 
Yeah, so um, the details are Redwood City. It's in Shorts 9B at Cinequest. Uh, Friday night it's at 1015, and Saturday night it's at 350. And Saturday night we're going to have like half of the theater will be filled with cast, crew, film, uh, friends, and family. And then we're having an after party after that. So if you if you ask some good questions, you know, come up to us and maybe we'll even take you with us to the after party. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, if I would fly back up to sneak into an after party or invite myself. <laughs> yeah, because, Paul, you don't know this, but I'm a sommelier and I have some killer wines at my house. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Hey, that always works. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, I don't drink anymore. I love to drink wine. Okay. Yeah, oh, that's I, right. No, I knew that. Yeah, Paul, you know. Paul does not I, drink, guys. Okay. Yeah, and speaking of CineQuest, another just tiny off-the-track bit, when I returned to my hotel with Troy, I ran into this other guy with the virtual reality festival. He was all drunk, and he was like, you want to go get drunk? I'm like, I don't drink. And he's like, he whispered to me, he said, you're in the film business and you don't drink? No, no. And I thought, <laughs> oh, well, okay, I guess I better get out of the film business. <laughs> um <laughs> So, Madison, here's a question for you. I, I love the poster. Um, is this a, are you a big Divergent fan? I, I enjoyed that film, yes, and I read the books. So, yes, I am. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, Maddie, just, tell him. <laughs> go, no, go ahead. Tell Paul what you did. Uh, you don't, no one knows this, but tell Paul about the poster. How did it come about? Oh, about the poster. Um, so our photographer took the photo, and I basically just photoshopped it, um, made sure it looked all glossy and Hollywood-like, and um, and then uh, we added all the. I think my dad actually created the text or or something like that, and then we we added yeah, but, it all together. But basically, Maddie's done posters for her schools and stuff, and makes these creations like Derek McCall was saying he still uses one of Maddie's posters from Macbeth as the standard for theatrical posters. So she has that talent, too. <laughs> if anyone needs a poster done, Maddie can do it. <laughs> hey, uh, I have the guy on that email. So um, <laughs> what, I, what I was going to say, and here's the big question, uh, 18 years of your life, well, and forever, let me tell you now that no matter how old you get, your dad's the Jedi, you're the Padawan. Uh, so let's just put this in the context of 18 years. Dad's the boss. He tells you you can't take the car out on Saturday night. Two years passes, and now for whatever days you're shooting, you're the boss. What was that experience like? That was definitely interesting because it was like, okay, I was I was the director, and then he was the um, you know director of photography, and it was really a collaborative process. I feel like I. You know, I had to make sure that the story was going the way that we had planned, and I had to make sure the actors were performing um, according to, you know, all the backstories I'd written. And um, so we had to work together, and then he was doing the visual component. So um, I think it was perfect because I don't really know much about, um, like, the technical camera side of it, but I'm really passionate about the story and um, the performance part of it. So I think it worked out perfectly. Um, that we both we both knew what our roles were and we um, we were able to create a great film or at least I think it was a great film because we no, it was. we it worked was a fantastic together. <laughs> yeah, we we, um, so, we worked, we worked together. We the, yeah, we had all the storyboards and everything that Maddie and you know Maddie kind of and I uh, said, okay, this is what we're going to try to do. Get on set and a few things changed as usual. The sun's over there, the lighting, and basically it was like a 
um, a sign-off kind of process if anything was changed from the storyboards. And uh, basically Maddie had, you know, ultimate authority and input, and she also changed some things. But um, I would try to um, provide her with a visual, um, an angle, a lens that would meet, you know, kind of the expectation, her expectation and then story. And then she was completely active. I don't even think I looked or listened to what an actor said or did. I was so tied up on the floor in the corner with a camera, you know, I didn't have time to look at basically the performance. So thank God she's talented and did a great job directing the actors. Oh yeah. That's what I was most, um, again, I don't mean this in a bad way. Um, that's what, when I found out your age, uh, your dad had told me, I forgot. So when I asked you earlier, that's what I was really shocked by too. I want to let the audience know to check this out because uh, the performance, and of course you guys won't, well, now you would know you're listening to the show, Dub, but um, there was this kind of, I like watching directors where you can kind of tell maybe they're like five years ahead of their time or 10, or you kind of catch something they're trying to say that it's subconsciously as an artist, they don't know they're saying it or consciously, sometimes it's the opposite. But uh, yeah, the performances, I wanted to say, really uh, stuck out. Um, Not saying that the story wasn't great or the cinematography, but the performances for me were just, uh, that's why I didn't, like I said, I didn't think it was a student film because usually student films, um, and I think I told your dad, like I could have won an Oscar for best picture for worst student film. (laughs) Um, like three or four of them, I'd be like Daryl Zanuck right now. Um, that the, there were certain elements where that's why I was just like, what, this was a student film? Like, no. So I really, really want to, um, commend you on that. Um, the last question is before I just, every time I do this show, I'll give the guests like a minute of an open floor to plug social media or anything they want. The last question for you is, uh, Maddie, is is there any next plans for this that you guys are allowed to announce, or are you just still on the... We are definitely considering different options. Um, we, okay. we have been talking about possibly turning Remembrance into a feature. That's it's an idea that we've been pondering. Um, and then we were talking about um, possibly making another short film that could be turned into a feature. So I definitely, um, I just want to, I'm excited to see where, where we end up going with that because I think Remembrance has the ability to be expanded. And um, I'm just not sure if, we, if we're going to take that route or not, but we'll see. So. Well, you know, yeah. I just want to tell you, I, I was lucky enough to produce my first feature when I was, 20 and it's on Netflix. I don't care if someone gave me a million bucks. I would never mention the name. It's so bad. Um, but <laughs> I appreciate your, I appreciate your uh, ambition. And I just want to let you know that making a feature is just ambition and like 20 people that are crazy enough to go with your ambition. So uh, kudos to you yeah. for that. Um <laughs> I, Troy. I, I, I want to give okay. I want to give her that opportunity because I can't wait to see it. I want to watch it because she's a tiger and she can do it. And the thing about the feature is it's if she does a phenomenal job on it, it's marketable, right? It can make money for people, investors. So I can't right. wait to uh, see that. It's 
Yeah, it's in their future. I don't know how soon, but yeah, she can do it. Just re- just remember, Maddie, you've bought a ticket to the roller coaster that is filmmaking, so <laughs> be ready for the roller co- coaster. It ain't a straight train ride. Uh, All right, Troy, I'm ready for the roller coaster. <laughs> yes, please. I love hearing that. I, the, I I'm you know I do, I look back and I'm like, how did I get through that turn in the roller coaster? But it was just like, okay, that mentor was there on the phone. Um, Troy, for you, uh, the, the, uh, are you guys in any other festivals that you can announce and do you want, and let's throw out the social media here for people. Yeah, we, um, so we've, we've applied to a handful of festivals, you know, since it's our first short, we're not sure exactly which ones are the best kind of fit and which ones it'll fit the programming for. So we did apply for a few. We missed kind of the big ones because we just finished production in January, basically all the post-production. Um, so we missed South by Southwest, et cetera. We, we did apply to cons. I have no idea whether it's a good fit or whether it has a chance. But the cool thing about cons is Maddie um, submitted two minutes of remembrance to the Horizon Awards people, and it's reviewed by like 50 directors, you know, L.A. directors, and she made it all the way to the finals, and they awarded her a scholarship to go to cons to intern in film production. So she will be going – uh, to cons for a week and a half or so, and uh, don't know if our film will get in there. But that's really exciting. More mentorship opportunities, more learning opportunities on, in, with an international community. So super excited about that. Hey, that's, so, that's uh, really so, awesome. Can I, can I be your assistant? Sure. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> can I carry your bag um, in, social, in cons? Social media-wise, yeah. <laughs> Facebook, uh, Remembrance Film, uh, Twitter Remembrance Film and uh, Instagram Remembrance Film. Uh, we have a lot of social media because I can sit here and edit a, tra- a new little trailer <laughs> for you know the, the latest thing that happened to us. So we're putting out a lots of little teasers and things. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, check it out. And if anyone's in the area, I think it's definitely worth your time to come check it out. And uh, we'd love to meet you. All right. Well, thank you, yeah. Troy. You know what? I've never, I've never been a tweet, and I know you're not supposed to invite yourself, but if you would tweet, I talked to Paul Booth today, that would make my world. <laughs> Is that the, the, the hashtag, I talked to Paul Booth? Oh, I today? have no idea. That's... I would love to create one. Oh, there. you have no idea. <laughs> okay. I always, no, we'll, I, we'll I look always, for... <laughs> go ahead. We'll look for the appropriate hashtag. And I'm sure it will trend like crazy, and it'll go, it'll go, you know, viral. Um, yeah, thank you. I mean, one spot on Twitter. I like to call Absolutely. my film school buddies. They say, "How are you?" I go, "I'm really important. How are you?" Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to thank you guys for joining us today. And uh, again, every guest that's ever on, unless you guys hang up and we're like, "Why did I talk to that idiot?" Uh, you're welcome back with your next film, or if. Sometimes we have filmmakers that right. come on and they've reviewed a film or uh, they, we have panels. Um, I'll keep in touch with you, Troy. So just know I call so it the – Yeah. I promise to you, Paul, is every, since you were early on in helping us and get exposure, we will give you every single thing, right, Manny, that we make. You'll, you'll be there. We'll give you that. I oh, for sure. And we'd love to talk to you. No, I there appreciate it because when we started so we'll this show, we in said 10 that. Years and you'll be like, I was the first one who interviewed this guy. <laughs> yes. I yes. knew it when I saw it. Okay. Yeah, no, we'll I appreciate it. it. 
because we are, when we sat down as producers of the show, we said we just want to be something where the filmmaker comes back. It's not like the PR rep makes them do Jimmy Fallon mm-hmm. again or like, right. I wouldn't compare myself to Jimmy Fallon, but it's like we want the filmmaker <laughs> coming back. So thank you again for your time today and have a wonderful, wonderful premiere. Thank you so much. All right. Take care and aloha. Okay. Aloha. Aloha. (laughs) Thank you. All right. That was great, man. I'm always just so hyper excited when I'm doing this show. So I'm going to make it a quick, quick wrap. Again, this is CineQuest episode five, and I got five, maybe six more coming for you. Like I said, CineQuest, just an awesome rock concert going on uh, till the 12th of March. All right. Take care, whether it's morning, afternoon, evening, or whatever other time of day there is. Make sure and watch a good movie. Most of all, aloha. <laughs>